0: Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now, your host, Ace. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. LeBron is on a bye week this week.
1: He's taking off for Thanksgiving. What up, everybody?
0: What's up, everybody? We are back with you for Thanksgiving. And the question that I'm going to start with today was posed by Pro Football Talk. The Patriots held the Colts to three points. It got Frank Reich fired. The Pats held the Jets three points and got Zach Wilson benched. Who from the Vikings will lose their job
2: after Thursday night?
1: Hmm. Good question.
2: So, I mean, I think didn't they just get held to three? Uh, was it The week before? Yeah, a week ago, right? So, yeah. so what they're saying is the Patriots are going to hold the Vikings to three points. Is what they're saying again? And then somebody, somebody else, else going to lose their, their job. job? Um, it's your job. I I would say that the first, the first person would be Kirk Cousins, right? Like that would be the first person you'd be thinking about.
0: I don't even know what backup quarterback is. So imagine how scary that would be. You're like Kirk Cousins or who? Because Kellen Mond's anymore. Or Christian Ponder. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I had to remember? Christian Ponder was the one that threw that miracle pass that Stephon Diggs caught, right? That was him. That wasn't um. Yeah, that was
2: him. That was before. I think that was before Cousins got there.
0: Exactly. So that was the last playoff game they won. I just had to remember that. I was like, well, they haven't won a playoff game with Kirk Cousins. This is where the whole he doesn't come through and clutch moments comes from. So that's what I was thinking about. I was like, oh, wow. So if Kirk Cousins don't play, then it ends up going to, let me click into Minnesota right now real quick. I guess they're going to fire the offensive coordinator. I don't know. Which I kid, don't know right? who that is. Why not? They can do whatever they want. They can always blame it on somebody. side the head coach. It's Nick Mullins. A Florida fan.
1: He's the, heck, he's the OC?
0: Nick Mullins. No, I'm sorry. Nick Mullins is from Southern Miss. He used to play at Florida. He's the backup quarterback. Number 12. Wow. Six foot. 210 out of Hoover, Alabama. Two you know in Somewhere. I think they'll win. I actually do think, well, we're going to get this to the Thursday games, but I do not have uh, uh, too much faith in the Patriots because Minnesota's at home. So they were at home last week, but you know they don't have the Patriots don't have much of an attacking defense as Dallas does. Dallas is opportunistic and they generate a lot of turnovers. So who's getting fired here?
1: I have no idea. Maybe the water boy. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe Bill Belichick might finally lose. They might actually finally lose the game. They don't have two weeks to prepare.
0: Ah, uh, you know what? That's a good point. I told you he hates the Jets. I told you he <laughs> hates the Jets, and they're gonna find a way to win.
1: But you know Zach Wilson didn't get fired. He you know he just got demoted into the you know practice squad quarterback now. I know.
0: Isn't that crazy? Like he didn't just go from being the starter to the backup. They were like, boy, he is the backup. No, he's inactive. No, he's not in
1: backup. He's inactive. He's a, he was the third string, and then he's talking about yeah, he's gonna be playing practice squad.
0: He's not gonna dress. So maybe they're no, hoping to
2: response from this. Well, yeah, that's why I was thinking that the, that this and I was I was mentioning this in the thing in the chat was this feels more like a punishment for his actions and his and his response to the questions around whether or not he, you know, he let the team down last week in the off with, with the, him and the offense let the team down last week. And this is less of a – we're benching him for the three points and the two yards, right? Or the or the, the two two yards said. of uh
1: yeah, two yards of it's more, it's for more the fact man. that he
2: said, like, he said, it's basically, he said, it ain't my fault. You know what I mean? Like, he basically mm-hmm. said, like, I but take no responsibility team, no. for this. Well, he exactly. said the
1: offense. He actually said it as the offense, and, you know, then it's not the offense fault. But right, he technically, but, but, he but technically he was right. If you kind of think about the, it, he was, on, he was on the um, punt return team. No, but, it, no, you but you he's two the he's, of off.
2: Two yards of offense in the second half, man. Come exactly. On. And he's the leader of the offense. He's the, He is the person who. Is supposed to make that offense go. Fact of the matter is, the Jets defense did not give up a single touchdown to the Patriots over the course of that entire game, and the Jets offense could not score a touchdown on the other side. You're not supposed to lose that game. If you if you play a game, you don't give up a, a, an offensive touchdown to the other team. Even at your worst, the expectation is that you your team can muster a single score against them, right? And and so the fact that you lost that game even though you lost on a fluky, you know, punt return that should, that should sting and it should sting in the offense more than, you know, it should really, you know, the offense should be impacted by like, like Zach Wilson he should be taking full responsibility and full ownership of that because he is the leader of the team. So he's the leader of the team, at least on that side of the ball.
1: Well, I know one thing the defense wanted to molly his ass when he walked back in there, but I wonder how, um, Matt Jones had it, you know. Dealt with it. You know, he was like, phew, I don't have to deal with this bullshit," you know. Because <laughs> if the Patriots would have lost, they would have looked at Matt Jones like, "What the fuck?" But, Matt, know,
2: Jones, but Matt Jones, but Mac Jones would have owned it. Mac Jones would have said, "We got. I got to play better." He, Mac, Matt, Mac. Matt, Matt, that's one thing about Mac Jones. It's like you know, it's he has that maturity level. You know, yeah. He would have said, "I got to play better. I got to be better." He would have, you know, he would have taken ownership of it. That's that's why I think that this whole situation with with um with Zach being deactivated. Is more of a to it's show you, ownership. like, yeah, it's about owning owning the situation, owning the owning the circumstance here, and, and even, recognize that you messed up, dude.
1: Because even um Salah and the
2: um OC, they he literally came to the press
1: conferences and they wanted to own it. You see Salah own it all week. Today, quite, what's the name? The OC came up and he was like, "I got to do better. I got to get these guys. You know, not only Zach, but the wide receivers play better. You know, scheme a little better." He was even, you know, he was doing it. Everybody was basically doing the same thing. The things that Zach should have been doing, even in the, um, the receivers, you had on um, what's the name who's a rookie is doing basically. Yeah,
2: it was a, it was a yeah, was it Gary Wilson.
1: Yeah, Gary Wilson.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, whatever. I mean, recognizing that you know it's 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 a mistake and you shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't have uh, have done it. You know, you, sh- you shouldn't have said it. And you know, maybe he's he's contrite. He comes back. You know, he, he speaks to the media, and then he has his starting job. I think that the Jets still have a. A lot of questions around the remainder of the season. You know, there's still a lot. There's still a lot of football to be played, and mm-hmm. whether or not you know, I think there still is a legitimate question about whether or not Zach Wilson has taken a step forward to lead a team to the playoffs. Because you you made a good point in the chat earlier, and when you were talking about the fact that the Jets have to this point played above the expectations. Right. That they weren't that that no one expected them to be where they are to where they are right now, and they kind of expected them to be a second year team, still figuring it out, still trying to figure out how to win. And you know, for him to be at a position where he's also doing the same thing, figuring out how to win, you know, right, right. Um, so that,
1: that he would have had that cover right then, but right jumped ahead.
2: But you know, the expectations have escalated to some degree, and he's not ready to take that next step. And so the question then becomes, well. You know, is he the guy to lead this team to whatever level they're going to be at? And I don't see a reason why you. I don't see. I don't see a reason why that answer is no, just because I don't see another guy on the roster that's capable of doing it.
1: Well, for me, I I went to YouTube and I actually mentioned this in one of those YouTube comments or whatever on one of those, some of these guys, one of these guys' pages. I basically said I would just basically bench him bench for the year. The reason why is because Zach seemed to me like one of those old school type of quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks that his um, own need that three years quite away to you know hold up the clipboard or whatever like that and get time. Yeah, he can't get the three three years now because you know it's too late. They already threw him out there, whatever. But give him this, you know, give him the rest of the year. You know, take breathe in, breathe out, whatever. Get your fundamentals back and straight. You know, in the offseason or you know during the time, whatever. Because that's what it is. It's just mostly his fundamentals. It's mostly his mental. Um, just seeing how how somebody else actually deals with the media and stuff like that. He's coming out, you know, basically like a like a child, letting his tantrums, you know, he's pissed off or whatever. I understand that, and i I kind of ha- happy that he was pissed off, because technically he was picked up pissed off on a Sunday casino shit. Chewing his bubblegum, like, telling these reporters basically, get the fuck out of my face type of shit. But you need to know how to, you know, not like, let that take control of him. Man up, you know, become an adult and, you know, take responsibility.
2: So you think, at six and four... You know, not assuming so. This week aside, not assuming what the what the results of this week's game is going to be because you know he's not starting this week, right? right? So let's say let's say the Jets let's say the Jets win this week. You know, we haven't talked about it yet, but let's say the Jets win this week and they're seven and four. You're saying that at seven and four, with a legitimate chance at winning at making the playoffs, Zach Wilson is not the best option for the Jets should is not would not be the best option for the Jets at quarterback to lead this team to the playoffs.
1: If you had asked me last week, I would have said he was he'll be best option. But after I've seen what he's been doing and mm-hmm. how he acted afterwards, I'm going to say, no, he's not the best option. The only He has a talent to be. Yes, he has a talent. He has the, mm-hmm. Don't, don't get, get me wrong. He has a talent. But he's also had he's basically a boomer bust right now. You basically could be Ryan Leaf in a second. I've hear, been hearing about it. But right now, no, I think the best thing for him to do is just to sit down. Taking this game, taking this uh, take taking the game, taking taking exactly you know the fundamentals, learn and quite come back. Because right now he's just all he's basically all screwed up. And if you keep on going with him or try to th- toss him later on, he's not gonna get he's not gonna get it straight. Sooner or later, he's gonna get revert back right back to this again.
0: Hmm. I would call he's him going. non, I would call him non-alcoholic, Ryan Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I forgot who called him or Ryan Lee today, but somebody I, – I've watched so many mm-hmm. videos of all these people coming out the woodworks. It's an attitude
0: problem, but he's not like Ryan Lee because he doesn't feel – he he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong because he's listening to his coaches. So Maybe that's why – maybe he feels he's standing up for the offense as opposed to leading for himself and the but, whole team.
1: But, hey, hey, Zach actually goes back to what I was saying earlier. I don't think that he – is that he thinks that anything – he did anything wrong whatever. He's just so pissed off. He's one of those guys that gets so pissed that when he when he when he loses or whatever he gets uh-huh. so angry that he's not thinking straight because he literally uh-huh. came to today's press conference and said that you know he left the press conference got a call from his dad his dad is like did you hear what you said he's like no what are you talking about that he's actually like, he listened uh, listened again and he's like oh shit i fucked up <laughs> and then he actually had apologized to the team afterwards wow okay he's one of those guys that you know that just click gets pissed off he's gonna go off the rails or whatever like that he's pissed off that's one thing i do like about him
2: well no go ahead sorry
1: no i was just gonna say that that's one thing i I like about him that he actually cares the thing is that he just needs to control that shit or you know somebody needs to pull his ass to the side get him get him out of that fucking mode and then he can go to the damn stand i don't know what the hell they gotta do
2: well and this is what i was saying this is what i said to you i think i said this to you guys on this show a couple years back i was talking about i think that you do the players a disservice interviewing them 10 minutes after this game is over yes I'm in, in, in football basketball in all sports honestly you know especially when it's emotional contest you know give them I I, I get it like you as a from a reporter's perspective you want to get the raw emotions you want to get them coming right out so You hear exactly what they got to say you want the sound bite but t- more often than not you know this is when these types of things happen it's when you get somebody that's speaking kind of out of turn or speaking kind of, you know, within, you know, within the raw emotions of the game. And this is why I think that that's that at the very least you have to give them the opportunity to, you know, think about to Anthony's point, think about what they said, maybe come back to it at a later time and clean it up if they need to. This is why the Kyrie stuff really, really, you know, shocked me so much because he had the opportunity to do that. Right. You know, he had the opportunity to, to retract it and say, you know what I messed up or, or, you know, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to say what I said. I didn't, I didn't, what i what I said wasn't what I meant. And he, he didn't, did right. <laughs> he, he, chose, he chose to double down on the, you know, during, during his situation, yeah. the Zach Wilson thing, to Anthony's point, like, it's something you said in the heat of the moment, you just, the game just ended. It's super, Nerve wracking. You haven't seen the tape, you know. You don't. You don't even know the numbers. You don't even know the statistics. Like, I would imagine he does. He didn't even know that they only had two yards of total offense because he's out there trying to run the plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I wouldn't even imagine he knew that information to be able to say something like that. Yes, it was wrong. He shouldn't have said it, and he's being punished. He's being punished as a result of it. But, you know, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. This was a bad situation, bad game, and you move on.
0: Yes, he needs a chance to be able to earn his way back, especially if Mike White doesn't play. So this is kind of a benching kind of situation. Like, he can come back from this, but they'll he'll have to show it as opposed to, you know, just automatically be given to him. I'm going to recap everybody on our picks real quick, and you go to what you was going to say. Yeah, um, go ahead. For the regular season, I am at 71 and 91, 44%. and is in second place at 76 and 86 at 47%. And Malik is in the lead, slim, slim lead at 80 and 82 at 49%. And on our best bets, Malik and Anthony are tied at 25 and 30. And I'm in third at 23 and 32, only getting two three most weeks. So... Yeah, we clean
1: that spot.
2: I'm
0: doing... Yeah, it. I, it's like I'm, I'm picking at 50% each week. I'm just not picking the right five games for my best
2: bets, basically. I was... So I was... I had a five in a week. That's literally the only thing. Like, I literally had, like, the best... I've never had a five in a yeah. week. I don't think I've ever had a five week five in a week before in best bets ever and i had a five no week this last week so i hope you guys took my best bets because i hit on all of them and of course i didn't bet any of them right but um, if i would have bet any of them i would i would be in some in some pretty good money for thanksgiving and i could have used it because thanksgiving shot groceries groceries around thanksgiving time is no joke right about now
0: oh yeah oh yeah everything's going through the roof everything's going through the roof um yo that's why people bet on thanksgiving that's why the football games are big um here and college but we're gonna go there's a couple of college games i want to talk about but there's really only two i'm keeping 100 i don't know about anybody who's watching the world cup but i don't cover soccer i don't know enough about it to do that but there's michigan uh ohio state both 11 and 0 for the first time since 2006 um then there's infamous egg bowl with something crazy is always going to happen i always like that and then there aren't there are a couple rivalries but it's, it's really the main one. The Egg Bowl. Uh, there's the Egg Bowl. There's North Carolina versus North Carolina State. There's the Battle of Arizona. The Dust Bowl, as I like to call it. And then my favorite, Clean Old Fashioned Hate, which is literally the name of the rivalry, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I just like the names. It's kind of wild. And um, my school is knocked out, so they can't win. Minnesota versus Wisconsin. The Paul Bunyan Axe or something crazy like that. I think that's the name. And the Iron Bowl. LSU's playing uh, Texas A&M. They should kill them. I would take Texas a Oh, Syracuse, Boston College. I'm just going to go into this real quick. Syracuse is 6-5. BC is 3-8. They're playing at uh, Boston College. Syracuse should beat the brakes off of them. But every now and again, for some reason, Boston College just comes out of an actualized game. They gave up 40 and scored nothing against Notre Dame in Notre Dame last week. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Notre Dame-USC, I'm actually looking very forward to watching that game. It comes on 7 730 on Saturday. And for all you Tennessee fans, you know, all is not lost. At least you can still have a ten win season and beat up on the Commodores, although they shocked some people last week and got that win. And the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State. I'm gonna be taking Washington. They're getting, they're giving two points to the Cougars going into there. And I'm gonna take Notre Dame to cover that five and a half points. Um USC keeps winning games by the thinnest of margins, and Notre Dame's defense is really good considering at the beginning of the year, this is the same team that we saw play Ohio State and only lose by seven. And the war on I-4, which is a newer rivalry, but it's been going on for a while, a few people in Florida, I think South Florida covers. They're at home. They're getting 19 and a half points. UCF needs this game to uh, to go on to the American Conference Championship game, and they need to win that game to get to the Group 6 Bowl before they move on to the Big 12. It would do nothing more than cheer up everybody in Tampa area to ruin everybody in the uh, everybody in Central Florida's area or Orlando area and keep them from moving on and getting that. This is a weird rivalry, but a lot of blowouts, but it is actually pretty even overall. In terms of the Iron Bowl, I have Auburn covering that. Auburn is getting... just want to make sure I got this right. Auburn is getting... How many points? <laughs> Auburn is getting a, like 7 or 8 points? No. Auburn is getting 22 points. Um, it's in Bama. Bama's had a down year. Their only hope of making it to the College Bowl Playoff is blowing out the Tigers. Ever since uh, Cadillac Williams, now Carnell, Coach Carnell Williams has taken over. Auburn's had a pretty good year. They can actually get to bowl eligibility by winning this. I see. I find that it's highly unlikely. Alabama's going to be very motivated, and if they don't get into a major bowl game, I imagine a lot of the players are going to be taken off for that. So I will bet against them on that one. The Civil War, which is Oregon versus Oregon State. I'm taking Oregon. They still have an outside shot of winning the conference, which is something they'd love to do, is go on to the Rose Bowl. Give me Minnesota. Give me Minnesota, who still has a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game by beating Wisconsin. They only have they're getting three points on the road in Wisconsin. And last and definitely not least, I think it was probably the first one I talked about, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. I expect Georgia Tech to cover this game. They're getting 38, 35 and a half points. It's coming on ESPN on Saturday at noon. Big kickoff. And South Carolina Clemson. Give me uh, South Carolina getting 14 and a half. Clemson is outside shot is still making it into 10 and one. It appears they respect Clemson's schedule more than they respect USC's schedule. So USC is really going to have to put the beating down on Notre Dame, but I don't expect that to happen. And give me Ole Miss since they're at home. Even though they already think Lane Kiffin is leaving, um, moving on to the Auburn job, Auburn is never officially offered them the job. Eight and three, Ole Miss seven and four, Mississippi State. This game comes on Thursday night after Thanksgiving. Um, as someone who lives in the New England area, you don't need to watch that Pats game. You're not really going to be missing out on much. Ole Miss should be able to do it. They have the better players. They're the ranked school. I don't understand why Mississippi State is not ranked at seven at seven and four, but I guess I get it because you know they're kind of on a down year for them. Although this is game could come down to any kind of wild factors, but if you're just watching to see who's gonna end up getting drafted, both of these teams have really good players, so you might want to check out for that. Mississippi is only giving two points, and the over under is 60 point. I would take the under on that one. It's gonna be a tough fought game. Both teams have pretty bad defenses. We're going back to the NFL real quick. Back to the NFL for the rest of the show. That right, Michigan fellas.
2: Ohio State game is gonna be huge. I can't wait to watch that one. That, that's seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Especially because both teams struggled in their last their last game. Neither mm-hmm. one of them, neither one of them, really, you know, like you know, dominated their last performance. So both teams kind of look like they're a little bit vulnerable, um, and their vulnerabilities um, there's they seem to be like you know mirror images of one another in terms of. And the weather's uh, going to
0: be bad too. So yeah, it really helps yeah, out. but Michigan lost their best running back, Blake Corum. So who knows?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to be tuning in for that one. There's going to be that game in and of itself, like the fact that they're both 11-0 and 0 for the first time since 06 is like huge. And in that one, I think Ohio State just squeaked by. But I think if this one's like a three-point win, or like an overtime loss for either of these teams, I think it's possible they could both get into the college football playoffs. And if you're by, looking for by, offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, they're going to be a lot drafted out of this game.
2: So you don't think you you don't think that um, who's five right now? LSU is it, it LSU was five or I thought LSU was still six?
0: LSU's five, USC is six. So, USC is ten and one, which shows like they have more yeah. respect for LSU's schedule than USC's.
2: That's so. That's my that's that's where my question lies. Is is I think if. To your point, Ace, if one of those teams, if one of those teams loses by three in a close in a close game, um depending upon the outcome of the LSU Georgia game, then I think that there's I think that there's a there's a there's a good way that they can get they can both stay in the top four. You know, assuming TCU stays where they are, yeah. um, then there's a good way that those two can get in the top four because if LSU loses that game, um, which I'm sure everybody's going to be expecting it, and they're not going to be favored, you know, they're going to be huge, huge underdogs in that game against against Georgia, and the SEC championship next week. Um, they'll, they'll be a three-loss team, right? So they're going to yeah. drop down significantly um, from five to wherever. Now if LSU wins that game,
0: they have. I don't know then, then, how do they then, automatically get in.
2: Then they have to get into the four.
0: But how if TCU wins out? Well, that means
2: that no, Ohio, no, no, no. Missouri I mean, if,
0: Michigan, if, Ohio State is just out. It's State. out,
2: right? That's what I'm saying. Is 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 they almost have to, in order for the two of them to get in. I think you're right. I think if if there's if there's no blowout in this situation and both teams are strong and both teams you know look good and it looks like a really good matchup, mm-hmm. and you know somebody just ha- happens to win in overtime or by three points at the end of the game or something like that, then what they what they need to do is they need to make sure that LSU does not beat Georgia. Because that's the easiest way for them to get back into the top four. If LSU beats Georgia, you know Georgia's not coming out of the top four. Even, no. if, even if, they, if they lose the SEC, even if they lose the SEC championship game, they're, they're not coming out of the top four. You know TCU staying there, and there's no way that LSU, the SEC champion, is going to is going to stay out. <laughs> so then then that takes away one of the spots. So I think USC that's the only way. Own, man. Right, right. I think USC. I, honestly, I think I think it's going to come down if LSU were to. Lose, right? Mm-hmm. I think then it comes down to USC and wh- whom and the loser between Ohio State and Michigan, and that's oh. that's that's going to be an, inter- an interesting conversation.
0: That's assuming that USC doesn't lose to Notre Dame, who they have a very real possibility now that the Irish are eight and three. And have, I mean, they messed up earlier in the year losing to Marshall, but ever since yeah. then they they put on a pretty good show and they're humming right now, and their defense is legit, like. They did not let Boston College score a point. Yeah, this is a team that has some five stars that are transferred in and four star guys. So USC strong point is not their uh, defense. They get a lot of turnovers, but Caleb Williams has thirty three TDs and three touchdowns. I mean, three interceptions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're thirty four 34 they're yards
0: passing. He the fact the only reason why he's not uh, being talked about is a draft pick because he's only a sophomore. So think about that out of DC. Yeah, but yeah, that's. It's, it's going to be a big, big, big game. Big, big mm-hmm. game. Um, back over to the NFL, though. Back over to the NFL for the, for the Thanksgiving games. We got Buffalo at Detroit. 12-30 game. The game they're trying to take away from Detroit. Malik, go ahead make your picks.
2: Yeah, so Buffalo is a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Um, at I'm sorry. Yeah, they're nine and a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under is 54-and-a-half on this game. Um, Obviously, you know, it's it's funny because this is like the week that everybody's been talking about um people have started to talk about the lions and them being on this three-game three-game winning streak surprisingly it's their first three-game winning streak since 2017 and in 2017 the three weeks that they won in a row were weeks 9, 10 and 11 the three weeks that they won this year weeks nine, 10 and 11. So just an interesting, uh, uh, <laughs> parallel to, you know, what that team was, uh, and that team, if I remember correctly, the 2017 lions were the the last team that was coached by, uh, Jim Caldwell, um, before the Matt Patricia era, uh, began in that in, in, in Detroit, which was the dark days of this, of the team. Um, so, <laughs> Yeah. So going going with all of that being said, you know, spirits are high in Detroit right now. You know, every, they're playing well. Um, they are, you know, surprisingly, they are capitalizing on mistakes. Like the game against the Giants last week. We I didn't I know I didn't do the recap show with you, but the game against the Giants last week, there was a point in that game, if you guys watched it, where it was 24-12 Giants. I'm sorry, 2412 Lions. The yes. Giants had the ball. They were driving, they were driving again. And it looked like they were going to that point where where I had, like I had said before, where the Lions just this is the point where the Lions let the game go. This is the point where the Lions let the other team back in. They gave up the big score, so on and so forth. And I don't remember the kid's name, but it was a uh, number 81, the tight end for the Giants. He fumbled the ball. Detroit covered Detroit recovered it. Uh, Hutchinson recovered it. And that effectively ended the game because Detroit went down and scored another touchdown. These are the types of situations that just have not worked out for us. And and if we're now, if you're now telling me that Detroit is going to start creating those opportunities, then I think Detroit is definitely talented enough and fights hard enough and plays hard enough that they can make the end of this season. Very interesting with the remaining schedule. That said, I'm going to take the nine and a half points. I like the home dog here. I want those nine and a half points. So even though they might not win the game, um, and buffalo is now very familiar with the confines of, of ford field um even though they might not win the game i want those points i think that the, i think that they can definitely cover the number and so i'm going to take detroit and the over anthony what you got
1: um i i detroit is actually a nice team and what i mean as nice i mean nice enough to let the the um buffalo and Cleveland play there last week. If it was me and I know I'm playing them next week, I'm like, fuck out of here. Play in the snow, play somewhere else, play the high school, play football arena, whatever like that, because there's no way I'm doing that. They gave them, to me, it was like, they gave the advantage of home field away. The Buffalo Bills came there last week. They already, they decided to use the, the away team's lockers just so they can know when they come back, they can have the away team's locker again. They know the field or whatever like that. So they're already comfortable with the environment. They've been in there for two weeks or whatever. It's bad enough they're one of the best teams, or can be arguably the best team in the NFL. This is going to be a hard game, but I'm going I'm going to go with the um, Buffalo. I'm taking the Buffalo and way over because this is going to be a little bit high scoring game. Even though you know Buffalo does have a good defense, for some reason the Lions always find a way to score a lot of points. And I'm, in my opinion, and I'm gonna think that this is what's going to happen in this game. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I don't know if I'm a Lions fan, it's going to be a fun game to watch, but it's going to be a fun game to watch for me.
0: All right. I'm going to be taking Detroit because I like those nine and a half points. Um, Buffalo could not beat Cleveland by nine and a half points, technically at home, but in a dome. Detroit has the same benefit of that. I agree with Malik. Detroit's making a lot less mistakes on defense. They're playing very, very tough. And so will the Bills. So they're not going to give this one away. Bill's going to have to take it. And I think we're going to get good Josh Allen, not the Josh Allen that makes crazy decisions that tries to throw between three people because I got that arm and I'm that dude. But beating somebody by ten points is a lot. Detroit doesn't want to get embarrassed again on Thanksgiving. I don't think they will. Jamal Williams is playing really well. He's stealing touchdowns from uh, DeAndre Swift.
1: Yeah, they are rookies back, sports, but who? They're rookies back too. Their rookie wide receiver.
2: Oh, I don't know if Jamal Williams is going to play. He's flirt. he's practicing, um, yeah. but he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Uh, they, they don't expect him to be back on the field playing. Oh, okay, exactly.
0: But either way, I expect Detroit to keep this within a touchdown. And I think they will make some plays on defense and they will double who they need to double. They're not going to give a bunch of big plays to the tight end. Their linebackers can blitz well, and they're going to spy on Josh Allen and not let him break for a bunch of you know deep runs. I think DeAndre Swift, I think they need to take him with that pitch handle just let him loose. Because that'll be the way that they can actually win this game if possible. Jared Goff just needs to minimize his mistakes. The uh, secondary isn't getting any healthier, so I'm taking Detroit. I'm going to take those nine points. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. Because both of these teams put up a bunch of points.
1: On a side note, I want Detroit to whip the their Buffalo Bills ass so and eat that Thanksgiving turkey. Now I'll be fucking happy. <laughs>
0: well, as a Jets fan, I'm not shocked at that, that at
1: all. Oh, yeah. Ooh, very shocked there. Oh, shocking.
0: <laughs> at uh, 4.30, we got the New York football giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are at home, and they got to win by 10 points. The point is right as 10. Um, I'm kind of shocked by that. I think it's an overreaction of the blood and the Giants kind of being on a down streak. The Dallas Cowboys rush defense is still pretty bad, but they know how to beat the Giants. And the last time they played them, they did beat them. But I don't believe they covered that game. The over/under is 45 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this, and I'm going to take those 10 points, and I'm going to take the Giants. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to beat them this badly. I don't know why, but that's just kind of my belief. I think Saquon Barkley isn't going to get neutralized two games in a row. They literally are down to no wide receivers because Wondell Robinson tore his ACL, so I don't know who they're going to throw the ball to, but I believe that the Giants know what they got to do and they're going to play game control, and they're going to keep the ball away. But um, go ahead,
1: Ant. Well, since LeVon's not here, I want to say the saying that he likes to say all the time, home team, dome team. So I'm going to go with Dallas. (laughs) I'm taking Dallas for the (laughs) over. That's my first lock of the week. I'm not even gonna say why. She's just gonna be like home team, dome team, call it a day. Laval knows what I mean. And next week he'll be back to defend that.
0: <laughs> All right, Malik. Two seven and three teams, by the way.
2: Yeah, I, I was trying to do some research and, and and I wasn't able to pull up the information. I think maybe we'll post it on our Twitter page. I don't th- I think this is I wanna know if this is the largest spread um point spread between two teams with records you know seven and three and better um at this point in the season or or just two teams that both have winning records um i want to know what what this like if this is the largest spread we've ever seen um in the game, game a number doesn't make sense. yeah it just doesn't and and you're right it's just a complete overreaction to the minnesota you know um shellacking that dallas put on them um they 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 played really well. I mean, they did they did exactly they did everything that they did, that they wanted to do, but the Giants know the Cowboys really well, you know. Um the Cowboys actually just to uh correct you, Ace, when Dallas and the Giants played earlier this year, the Giants were actually favored by one, um, and they lost by seven. So Dallas actually did cover that number um because they won the game, of course. Um and so but this is just seems like it just a, a drastic overreaction to what we saw from the giants last week um, with them being unable to um, score points uh, against the lions. Um, I want the giants here. I want those 10 points. I just feel like it's the NFC East. There's no reason to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are that much better than the giants, that the giants won't be able to figure out a way to, st- to keep this game close, keep this game competitive and not force Dak, and the, and the Cowboys into making a couple of mistakes that, that allow them to stay in the game. You know, you know how the giants want to want to play. They want to keep the game within the number. Um, they want to keep the game from, from, you know, being a uh, up and down score fest. Um, and, and Dallas probably does want to get to get the score up as high as they possibly can to force Daniel Jones to be more uh, aggressive throwing the football and, you know, Wanda Robinson being out for the season um, Dallas. so the giants have lost another, um, Another you know weapon in their arsenal, and don't forget this is this is the Odell Beckham Bowl. the The winner of this team is likely going to get Odell Beckham Jr. to to sign with them for the remainder of the season as well. So this is going to be an interesting situation. So we'll we'll see what we'll see how it plays out. But I want the Giants. I want those ten points. I'm going to take the Giants in the under.
0: There's still a chance they could sign with Kansas City, but that, that that does seem unlikely. But yeah, he could actually end up going back to the Giants, which would be kind of wild to me. Um. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking those 10 points. It was 26-13. They did cover that spread. I got to correct myself. So if the Giants could not lose by that much at home, I don't think they're going to get blown out on the road. And Oh, wait, you already picked. New England at Minnesota. I'm going to go first. The Pats' offense is atrocious. Minnesota's defense is decent. Their offense is really good compared to the Patriots' uh, offense. They only have to win by two and a half. I think they can win by a field goal. I'm going to take the over. The Pats are going to try to make this game ugly. The problem is that they have a good running back, Dalvin Cook. He is healthy. They have the best. They have the best receiver in the NFC, and Justin Jefferson. Um, their slot receiver is also playing really well. I don't see a reason why Minnesota will not be able to handle New England. New England has injuries at the offensive line. Minnesota's pass rushers have to be hungry and licking their chops, and they're going to want to win this game after getting embarrassed last week. I'm going to take Minnesota, and that's going to be my first lock of the week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take um I'm gonna go the opposite. One. I'm taking New England, I'm taking New England and the under this one. New England got um quite they're a very um good team as far as being very um I can't find, figure out the word right now. But anyway, right now I can see them lock locking them in, giving Minnesota another loss here. And yes, Minnesota might be at home, whatever. That's quite looking at the that spread. That's the only reason that might be even that um, that right there, but New England's on the role. They need to actually win this game. So I'm gonna go with New England under this one. This is gonna be my second lock. All right, believe.
2: Kirk Cousins primetime record. Yeah, I think won't even say that. But anyway, I'm I'm He's still I'm still I'm still going. I'm, I'm still going with that. Kirk Cousins primetime record is still not good. He's not a he, he. He he's not been a good primetime good quarterback in primetime at all over the course of his career. I don't think that that's a fluke. You know, it's been, you know, enough times. I believe, yeah. Kurt Cousins has a record of ten and eighteen in primetime. He's two and ten on Monday nights, um, but he's ten and eighteen in primetime. He's never played the Thursday night. He's never played like the Thursday night, you know, Thanksgiving night game or whatever. He's four and four and um, he's three and four on Thursday nights, uh, in general, um, over the course of his career. So he's just, he's just not been good. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you know, that Pitt, that new England is going to come out and you know what they're going to do. You know, they're going to try to take away your best weapon. The, um, the Vikings best we- weapon is, is, uh, is Jefferson. Yeah. Um. And so they, they're going to do what they can to try to eliminate the the big play uh, ability from him. Um. So I I see this getting I see this this game playing close. I see this game playing playing relatively close. And um, I'm I would not be surprised if New England won this game. Um, I would not be surprised if New England. New, New, New England covered so I'm going to take New England to cover I want those really? two and a half points yeah I'm going to take New England to cover I, I honestly think that New England can win I I think they win this game outright I don't think that there's any um any any doubt there that they can win this game outright But I definitely think All they right. can cover and Minnesota has not and who has been a, again we've, we've talked about this already Minnesota who has Minnesota beaten during the course of their their run so far that really stands out they've lost you know, there are two mm-hmm. games that they've lost. They they've lost. To, they lost to Philadelphia and they lost to the Dallas. Best team and in they both beat those
0: situations, Buffalo, but that took a miracle,
2: right? And that and they probably and they really should have lost that game, right? Yeah. So so you think about that. You know, they should have lost to Buffalo and they got the the brakes blown off of them by Philadelphia and Dallas. So this is another team that in New England that's a good team. I'm not saying that. So I'm not. Mm-hmm. Surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota wins the game. But I think it's going to be much closer much closer than people think. And so I could, I could honestly see Minnesota winning by a last-second field goal, um, and especially if this number moves. Watch this number, because if this number moves to 3.5, then I feel even better about this pick. I would lock it in. I'm not going to lock it in at 2.5, but I really think New England is able to cover here. So I'm going to take New England in the under. All right.
0: Matt Jones has four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Kirk Cousins, yeah. 14 TDs, eight interceptions. So I, I hear
2: you. It's got to be. Close. It's got to be a defensive. It's got to be a defensive yeah. matchup, and who, whichever running game is able to control the clock is is going to be the one that, that I see is going to come out on top.
0: I feel it. I feel
2: it. And what do you got? So to say? He he got New England I already. I he got was, New England already. Yeah. Yeah. Were, yeah, England yeah, was was all, I'm dog dogging it.
0: Oh, perfect. I feel great about this. this my first lock of the week. All right, next up we got Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Tampa Bay is on the road. They are a road favorite, giving three and a half on the road. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to cover this. Um someone's it's going to be bad weather all over Ohio, being it's going to be bad weather in Columbus on Sunday. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. I'm going to take the under and give me Cleveland. I'm going to bet on Nick Chubb and that defense holding Tom Brady down and not letting him get right. That uh, bye week was very timely for them. They got that win against Seattle and they did not make too many mistakes, and they, they definitely needed that and they needed the extra rest. So with that being said, I'm still taking Cleveland because – they play people close, and they tend to home. Home dogs have been doing really, really well this season, so I'm taking Cleveland. I'm going to rely on their pass rush finally again, right. I'm going to rely on Nick Chubb getting back right again because he's the leading rusher or the second leading rusher in the league. Go ahead, Aaron.
1: Well, I'm going to go the opposite way on this, but on this, Tampa Bay's coming back from a bye week. They're getting healthier. They're going against Cleveland, who's basically limited because they still don't have a quarterback, in my opinion. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention that derogatory name anymore. You know I don't want to get anybody get on me on that. But anyway, I'm gonna take Tampa Bay and I'm taking Tampa Bay in the over in this one. Even though they're going to Cleveland and Cleveland might be a snow pit, but still, and Tampa Bay is a warm team. I'm still taking Tampa Bay on this one. They had a whole two weeks to prepare for this.
2: All right, Malik, what do you got? Yeah, your lone your lone wolf in this one again, Ace. Um Tampa Bay is the Tampa Bay is a, a, a warm weather team, but they but they play a cold weather style. They run the football, they play tough defense, and they are, you know, they're they're built for, you know, for the you know, like the, the the late uh, the late run of the game, the late one the late of the season types of games as a result of that, you know, Tom Brady's accustomed to playing in this type of weather, this type of situations. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's only what is he like, like, 12 touchdowns to one interception this season. Like He's not he's not Very turning. True. He's not turning the ball over. Um, and right. They come. You guys, were right. They're coming off their bye week. That tends to to bode well for an older team um to have a bye week this late in the season give them the opportunity to to heal up a little bit you know Godwin's playing you know Evans is playing I believe Julio Jones is going to be back so they're they're fully they're fully healthy from that perspective so I expect I expect Tampa Bay to 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 come in there and and handle business and might not might might be a closer guy I think this three and a half is is a little bit generous um I'm sorry it's a little bit low um so I think I think that the Tampa Bay can win by six points. Um, I, I see something like 26 to 20 in this situation. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay, and this is going to be my first lock of the week. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in the under.
0: All right. Next up, we have Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee is another home underdog getting two and a half points against Cincinnati. I'm going to be locking in Tennessee, getting those two and a half points and the under on that one. Um, Jamar Chase is going to be coming back for Cincinnati. I do not know how healthy he's going to be. But I'm betting on I'm betting on Derrick Henry and them getting it done in this one. This is a replay of the playoff matchup from last year, and I'm betting on the fact that Derrick Henry is going to be able to keep the ball away and Traylon Burks is finally coming along. Uh, they have a really good quarterback. Well, they have a decent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. I do not believe in him, but for some reason, every time I don't believe in this guy, he comes on and just wins a couple of games. I just believe in the fact that they always find a way to win, and they're leading their division. Tennessee's is eight and two against the spread Baltimore. I mean, Cincinnati is six and seven and three against the spread. But, you know, they're three and one at home. So I have faith that Tennessee can get this done. I feel like there's going to be a surprise game. So I'm going to lock in Tennessee at plus two and a half. Get on top of that. Get that hook while you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Um. Just like you said, what's the name just coming is coming back from his injury, or whatever is I give him a couple I give him a game or two before he actually get back into rhythm. He might get him back into room right now, knowing how good he is, but I'm tending to lean the other way. And I'm leaning towards the running game with Tennessee. They actually have they actually found somebody that can actually stretch the, the field and with a rookie to quite relieve some pressure. So I'm gonna go Tennessee on this one. I'm gonna take Tennessee and I'm gonna go with the under this one. Actually, yeah, the under this one.
2: All right, Malik. So both of these teams are extremely extremely good against the against the spread this year. Tennessee's 8 and 2 and and they won their last 8 games against the spread. So they're actually the 8 and 0 against the spread after an 0 and 2 start to their season. Um and Cincinnati is 7 and 3. They lost they lost uh they the game they lost to Cleveland was the only game that they were um, that they that they lost against the spread, or else they would be the they would have the same record. So these two teams, you know, against the spread, they're actually really good at at, at what they do. And we know what Tennessee is. Tennessee is a similar to you know, um, you know similar to like Tampa Bay or the Giants. They're a smash mouth team. They're going to run the football. They're going to try to. They're going to play tough defense, and they're going to force you to beat them at that style. Um, Cincinnati was able to do it a year ago uh, in the, in the cold in Tennessee and come out of there with a victory. I don't see a reason why they can't do it again. So I'm going to long wolf the Bengals here. Um uh, they're playing really, really well. Um, right now they are, you know, they won their last two games. Um, so just like Tennessee's, uh, they've won their last two games in a row. So, you know, expect them, I expect this to be a, a good game. I expect this to be, you know, well-fought, well-played, um, Joe Mixon is to me Joe Mixon is the key here. If Joe Mixon or Samaje P. Ryan, um, if the, if Cincinnati is able to run the ball and and effectively you know eat up clock and score points on the on the back end of those, and force uh, Tennessee to have to win through the air. That's where you're gonna be. That's where that's where you're gonna get problems because uh, you know what Tennessee wants to do, and you, want, you know that Tennessee wants to score one in the football. So I'm gonna take Cincinnati to cover the two and a half, and I want the over here. I think this game gets some gets somewhere in the 20s for both teams, so that that number of uh, 42 and a half feels a little bit low. So I'm gonna take Cincinnati in the over.
1: Yeah, I was gonna oh, say wow. change my to the over as well, but I'm sticking with Tennessee still.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, next up we have Houston, Texans at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are home favorites, obviously, getting thirteen and a half points, playing against the worst team in the league who was Yeah, we could just say next. We're losing for the first round draft pick. First overall pick. I'm gonna take the Miami Dolphins. I think they're gonna crush him. The over under is forty seven and a half. This is gonna be my second lock of the week. Um I can I would mortgage my house if I could. I'd take out three mortgages and put this all money all on Miami. That's how confident I am of this pick.
1: You don't uh, say.
0: <laughs> I don't say. Cashing your 401Ks, cashing your your bonds, ask your granny for your birthday check early, and put it all on Miami. Two anon is real. Head Ann. It
1: would be so messed up if Houston won that. <laughs> People would doing do that. But anyway, I'm going with you on this one. Like, There's no way I'm betting on Houston.
0: This I'm Houston, <laughs> Houston winning this game would be a bigger shock than Saudi Arabia beating Argentina in the World Cup. That's how big of a shock this would be, especially starting out that Argentina was up 1-0. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Miami as well. I'm just gonna take them in the over and just call it a day. And, just, and, and anybody with logical sense would know why. No need, no no um, breakdown. Don't need no statistical analysis or anything like that. Houston actually benched their quarterback, so they actually going with their backup. I forgot the dude's name already. I just already know he's uh, benched. He might get benched. The backup might get benched in this one. But anyway, hopefully, Lovey Smith still keeps his job as they roll on to the number one pick. But I'm taking you. I'm taking Miami and taking the over in this one. Keep on going. I'm I'm gonna say my lock. I'm not even gonna make this a lock. It's too damn easy.
2: Go ahead, Malik. I can't make this a lock just because of the 13 and a half points. I just feel it it just feels dirty to me to lock in that to lock in that that much of that much of an over under. Um, but I agree with you guys. Like Miami winning this game is, is pretty much a foregone conclusion. I expect them to, I expect Houston to play hard again. I expect Houston to give it, give it everything they've got. Um, but you know, Damian Pierce is taking a step back to, um, I would say, I don't want to say irrelevancy, but he's taken a step back. He's not, he hasn't played nearly as well as he had played over the course of the, you know, the beginning of the season when he was, you know, quite possibly the, 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 the leading rookie of the year candidate um, for the, for the Texans uh, he's, he's, I think he what did he get like eight yards last week or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous against Washington That's and Washington's right. and Washington's defense is, is probably better than Miami's defense. Um, but I don't expect him to carry carry the load um, for for Houston to to get them to any points. And Miami is, like I said, Miami is super scary when they're when they're when they're clicking offensively. And I don't see a reason why Houston's going to be able to stop that. So I'm going to take Miami. I'm going to take the under on this. It's 47. I think Miami could get over to the 30 points, and I just don't think Houston has has enough to get beyond 13 points here. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking the score ends up being somewhere around like 31 13. That's I'm going to take the under on that. Miami should be should be able to roll this one pretty easily.
0: All right, folks. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears at the New York Jets. They still have a winning record, so I'm still calling them the New York Jets. And go ahead.
1: Oh, wow. I get to go first. Anyway, um, after that uh, horrible last week of punt return, whatever, Zach Wilson's benched. We have to go with Mike White against Justin Fields. I don't know if Justin Fields is going to come play this game. He has the shoulder injury, whatever, is. is in my opinion, he should quite take, you know, take the rest of the year off, whatever, get get right, you know, get his ointments, get his treatments or whatever like that. But I'm going to go with the Jets on this one, obviously, because I'm a Jets fan. And obviously because, you know, the quite the Jets has actually brought back the man, the myth, the legend, the actual quite pro Bowl Hall of Famer that, you know, his jersey is actually in the Hall of Fame. The man. Oh my my what?
0: As usual, nobody heard your audio intro, but nice try. You can replay it if you like, so we can get this uh, on the move. I don't want to have any dead air, which is why I'm still talking.
1: Okay, so I got to get me one of those little systems that, you know, they can play these things. But, yeah, this is just the Mike White song I'm stolen from a different podcast. But, anyway, whatever. Mike White is the legend. He's going to come in and look it up. Yes, he is. his jersey is in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, he's going to put up another 405 points, three touchdowns on y'all.
0: Wait, why is his jersey in the Hall of Fame?
1: Don't worry about that. He's just in the uh, Hall of Fame. We're gonna call it that. Mike White's the man, the myth, the legend. He's coming in. He's gonna tear the Bears behind him up. Gotcha. Take that, take that, and this is gonna be my third lock of the week. Jets in the way over.
0: Uh, the over under on this is thirty nine. This game is gonna be way way over. Whether or not Justin Fields plays, this game is gonna go over. They have better wide receivers than the Jets right now. They have better offense than the Jets right now. Jets' defense will not be able to contain Chicago Bears. Um, I am a Bears me? fan. Wait wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, Are you kidding me? The, 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 top, 10, the top five defense, if you anyway. Go,
0: if you go by common opponents, the Bears put the beat them down on the Pats. You guys got 103 yards of offense against them. So, just by judging by the, you know, transitive property rule, if we could drop 38 on them, we should be able to drop 64 points on you. That being said, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears, plus six. I love the points. Lock it in. Third lock of the week. Bear down. I'm coming. Yeah, okay. Go ahead,
2: you know what? You know who I feel sorry for in this game? I feel sorry. I personally feel sorry for all of the fans that are not able to get onto the group chat um, that we have while this game is being played. Um, because this is going to be some hilarious shit. Okay. I'm just, I'm just letting you guys know that that when, when Detroit plays Chicago, I typically, I'm, I'm typically not the trash talk, not a during game trash talkers, usually because I'm so focused on what's going on on the screen. I wait until after the game is over, then I talk my trash if we win. Um, but these two will talk it from the kickoff, okay? They're going to be talking trash to each other from kickoff all the way through. It could be a blowout on one side or the other. Even if one team is blowing the other team out, they're still going to talk trash to each other. That this, is correct. This game is going to be a lot of fun just to be a witness to, just to be a part of. I probably won't actually watch the game because it'll be playing at the same, you know, it, it probably won't be playing in my area. But um, <laughs> this game is just going to be fun, fun to hear about as as, as it's going along. Excuse me that said I think um the interesting thing here is obviously the health of Justin Fields if Justin Fields is able to play um then he brings a dynamic that you know frankly over the last few weeks nobody in the NFL has been able to figure out including the teams that have beaten him like you know they lost to Atlanta they lost to they lost to Detroit um but still like he is playing at a level that everybody expected, you know, expected him to be, you know, at they didn't expect him to be this good. <laughs> Even though the Bears themselves have not been winning football games, like they did not expect Justin Fields to be this good. If he's playing, I don't see a reason why the Bears can't cover this number. If Trevor Simeon's playing, if Trevor Simeon's a starting quarterback, Easy cover. I think it's I think it's I think it's a lot harder. And so I'm going to say, um, I'm going to assume because he's got the because he's got the questionable tag, I'm going to assume that Justin Fields is going to play and going to play at his best. And thus, thus, I will pick the Chicago Bears to cover the six-point spread that's, that's, that I'm currently seeing right now. Um, but I say that with the caveat that if Justin Fields is out, uh, you guys may want to either stay away from this game entirely or flip that over to the Jets, because um, I do think the Jets will play inspired football. Mike White being there, Mike White being you know being being active and playing for the team is going to be big for them. Um, I'm sure that I know the team loves him. I know the city of New York loves him. Uh, Jets fans love him, so there's going to be a lot of you know positive energy on the field um, relative to you know with with Mike White playing relative to you know Zach Wilson being the starter on the field. So um, I expect that to that to carry carry the day. And um yeah, I think that the the, the the Jets will win will win the game out. I think the Jets can win either way, but I think the number gets covered if Chicago's able to uh run Justin Fields out there. So I'll take Chicago in the number. I'll take the over as well. Um, but I'm not locking this in. I've still only got one lock here. But honestly, you guys are missing out on a, on a on a lot. Um with, by not being part of this chat. I wish we could take like a snapshot it and just made what live sweet is that I'm <laughs> not far it. Just gonna put a mud hole in the Bears behind. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's. You would think that these teams were rivals, and they're not. It's just these two people. It's just it's literally just these two guys that are rivals. That is with correct. Another. It's hilarious. Dang, I
1: wish I was in New York right now, just so I can quite just chant with the rest of them because I already know what's gonna happen. It'll be a big Timberland, Timberland foot up the quite mm-hmm. a fields behind. It's okay. That's wearing Sala. all black.
0: Robert Sala gonna have another receipt to take.
1: See that Atlanta. man right there, the White Knight.
0: You may not want to say that publicly. Uh, Atlanta at Washington. Washington is favored by four and a half, and they're riding a hot streak. Atlanta got by Chicago Bears last week. Their defense is atrocious. Washington's is not. Atlanta makes a lot of mistakes. Uh, Marcus Mariota is playing okay, but they are a dome team. They do not play great outside. I do not expect another big special team play for them, which put them over the top. Give me Washington at home to cover, and give me the over. The over-under on this is 40 and a half. All of them are really low this week. A lot of them from the 1 o'clock spreads. And I think Washington is going to keep on winning. And they're going to win with this game. Tampa Bay might lose. Atlanta might lose. And I think Carolina actually has a chance to win a game this week. Let's go Washington. Give me the commies. I think the new owner is going to be walking into a good situation. So I'm rooting for them. We're both fans the and Go ahead, Ann.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll go along with you. Give me the communists, too, as well, since you want to keep calling the commies every single week. So give me the communists and give me the over in this one. Um, I don't trust ATL. They, Pitts, Pitts, oh, Kyle Pitts is basically gone for the year, I think, because he's on IR. He ruined my damn fantasy. I don't know why I drafted that bum. But anyway, well, I shouldn't call him a bum. I should call the coaches a bum for not quite scheming out for him because he's actually a good, quite tight end. But um give me give me the Washington on this one. They they're rough they're and rough team, whatever. I wish they had a better name. Glad is so glad it's not the red, you know what that uh, the name was that name was, whatever. I wish it was called the Red Tails, maybe that would have been a little bit better. But anyway. That all said, let me waste one more time. Give me Washington, give me the over on this one.
0: All right, Malik.
2: Yeah, we're we're asleep in this one here. I'm taking Washington. This is my second lock of the week. Um Washington should uh they should be able to handle Atlanta. What I saw I was very impressed by what by the defensive uh performance that they were able to put up uh against against uh te- Texans last week uh in on the road. And if I'm not mistaken, uh I'm going to take a quick look, but I think that um yeah, I think that Chase Young is now questionable. He may be able to he may be able to get back here, um maybe even in some small capacity. Um <clears throat> Against uh, against the, the the Falcons. And if he's able to get there, get be in there and provide some situational pass rush. I mean, that just um makes them exponentially better on that side of the ball, which they're already really good at. So um, expect them to be able to score some points. Uh, expect Washington to be able to score some points against Atlanta's defense. Um, Taylor Heineke is playing good football. Um, <clears throat> uh, Terry McLaurin. Is you know is, is catching a bunch of passes from from Heineke, please proving himself again to be a number one receiving target. And I, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Brian Robinson Jr. is playing some inspired football at the running back position. This is a this is a good solid team. May not be spectacular, but definitely solid. And the defense holds is able to hold the day. So definitely take uh, Washington here, and I'm locking them in as my as my second lock of the week. Uh, and I'll take the over as well. Yeah, you're right. Ace these numbers. These numbers are coming in really low this week. So it's probably because it's probably weather driven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's these these numbers are coming in a lot. Lower than I expect, even though Atlanta's, you know, on the road. um, Dome team on the road, and you don't expect them to get a lot of points, but 40 and and a half is is, is really low here.
0: Yeah, both of these teams have been averaging more than that for the season combined, about 42 and a half. So that's why I see a little bit of an advantage play right there. Denver at Carolina. Carolina is having to start Sam Darnold. Therefore, I have no faith in them. Um, Denver is a road favorite. I'm going to be betting on them, although historically on the season, Road favorites against the spread are only covering 44.4% of the time. Well, this will be one of those. I'm going to lock in Denver as my fourth lock of the week. I believe in Russell Wilson. Um, I know, you know, it's just kind of gotten bad in Denver, but I do expect Denver to be able to win this game. They're three and seven. I don't believe they can save their season because they have to win every single game here on out. But I do think they can get to about six or Six or seven wins, which is not what they expect when they sign to that 150 million dollar deal. Carolina, um, without PJ Walker, does not have a good quarterback. They put in. They put in Baker Mayfield last week. Got three points against Baltimore. Denver's defense is just as good, if not better. And they're not all of a sudden just going to start playing bad because they're playing Carolina. Carolina, and they're on the road. Denver's going to maul them. This game would probably be under the thirty six, which as low as that is, it's kind of crazy. But imagine another seventeen to seven game, but give me Denver; they should be able to bring this one home. Yeah, there.
1: Um, I don't even want to pick anybody from this game. I don't trust Russell Wilson. You know, he's going for a name now because you know whatever. The last week, Denver actually changed up the, who's calling the, the um the play, offensive plays from from Hackett to the OC or whatever. They ain't really doing anything. And then you got Quay Carolina that's juggling two number one, former number one picks at quarterback. And and PJ, you know, who's um, you know the best quarterback out of all of them. And what round he got drafted in, it was not the first, but he's the best one out of all of them. He's not playing. San Donald, might see more ghosts again going against Denver or whatever. That's the only reason that I'm, I'm giving Denver this one. So I'm just going to take Denver in the under. I'm not even going to lock this. I don't really care. I'm just going to just moving on. Just taking Denver just because maybe Russell Wilson might wake up. Maybe they actually figured out their run game. Maybe this is a good get right game if you want to call it that. Anyway, even if it's at Carolina, still give me Denver and under. I don't really
2: care about the points, whatever. All right, Malik, go ahead. For that reason, I'm going to take Carolina. I'm going to take Carolina to cover the two. <laughs> uh, I I mean, it's it's – it's just it's really, really difficult to trust what you're seeing from from the Denver Broncos. I mean, they're they've just not been a <clears throat> they haven't been a reliable team. The offense hasn't been reliable. Their defense, um, you know, obviously got getting rid of Bradley Chubb hurt them uh last week again, had hurt them last week against the Raiders, who coming in were not a, a very, you know, had not been a very good team and not been playing very good football. Um, so for them to you know pretty much lose a game at home against uh against a, a team that they they should have beaten um like that to me just says a lot about where Denver is going and, and they may just be better served. Just, just kind of packing it in here and saying, Hey, you know, we'll get them next year. Um, we'll get, we'll get right next year. And we'll just, you know, we'll start putting together some, um, some draft picks and some, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we need to do. I mean, they gave up and they, and they gave up the number one pick, but they gave up their first round. I believe they gave up their first round pick. They don't have their first round pick this year. It's going to Seattle, if I'm not mistaken um, for, for the trade that they made over the off season. So, yeah, it's just going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting off season for Denver to try to figure it figure it all out. I mean, they've got all of their eggs in the in the basket of Russell Wilson and I just don't believe it there um <clears throat> that they're getting anywhere near their um their their value in that. So, I'm going to say Carolina. I, I just feel like you know Sam Darnold can come out and can play, you know, loose, play without any kind of any any fear of, you know, anything behind them. PJ Walker is hurt and, you know, Breaker Mayfield's playing like horse shit. So it's like, like honestly speaking, like he's just he's got he's got the opportunity to just kind of throw caution to the wind and
1: mm-hmm. and just
2: play and just play his game. And he's playing for his career, basically. I mean, you if you want to want to put it that way, Sam Donald's playing for his career. Um, and so he's got the motivation to come out there and play well. So they may not win the game, but but I'm gonna take the home dog here. Give me two, give me those two points. I'll take Carolina and the under.
1: You know what? I'm gonna have to change my mind on this one. I'm going to have to flip it to Carolina as myself, only because you just said Sam was playing for his career. So I'm going to have to switch it. I'm going to take Carolina too, but I'm taking the under.
0: You should get ready filing his retirement papers or get ready to be a permanent backup because his career is about to be over. <laughs> um, hey, I'll take
1: that, it back as a just backup. With
0: that being said, we got Baltimore, Jacksonville, another home dog. I'm going to be taking Jacksonville, getting those four points. Baltimore's offense is kind of, it's really kind of sputtering, and nobody's getting help um, Jacksonville has enough firepower on offense to be able to keep up with them. I do not expect Baltimore to blow this team out. Jacksonville knows exactly what they're doing at this time of the year. Coming up for bye week, Jacksonville should be good. Getting four points at home 43 and a 43.5 over-under, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover and possibly even win this game. It's my upset pick of the week. Go ahead, Ann.
1: Yeah, you can keep that upset. I'm taking Baltimore and taking the under in on this one. They're going to beat the snot out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville actually picked up, just letting everybody know, out there, Jacksonville picked up the. Um, I think it was the Rams who cut that that running back last week, whatever. Yeah, the, or Jack, or Jacksonville yeah, was Han- picking Darryl up. Henderson. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be there on um, Jacksonville. Might be start playing maybe next week or the week after, whatever. Feeling a little bit here and there, but Jacksonville's still up and coming team. See them next year, whatever. Let them keep making their mistakes. Give me Baltimore. Give me the under. This one, they're still gonna beat them.
2: Yeah, Malik. Baltimore is not at home, right? Baltimore they're, is not Baltimore they're, they're is not at not, home. They're
0: not in Jacksonville.
2: They're in Jacksonville, so I'm expecting them to cover the number. <laughs> they cover when they're away, they don't cover at home. Um Baltimore's 4-5 and 1 against the spread this this year. All four of their victories all four of their victories against the spread have come away from home. They've covered 0 games at home. So I don't expect them to win to, to cover the number when they're at home, but I expect them to cover the number when they're away. If you think if you believe that Baltimore is going to win this game, you believe they're going to win this by, by more than four, so therefore, I'm going to, use, to pick Baltimore, and I'm locking them in as my third lock of the week: Baltimore and the under.
0: I'm surprised, but not surprised. We get into the four o'clock games with LA Charge at the Arizona Cardinals. I do not know who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Cardinals, but if it's Colton McCoy, I do not have much faith in this offense. I'm going to be taking the Chargers, minus three on the road, 448. I'm going to be taking the under on that. I believe in Austin Eckler, and I believe in this uh, offense, and everybody's getting healthier. Wide receivers should be much better against Arizona, and Arizona really has one offensive weapon. The Chargers just need the defense to get right again and start playing at a high level, and that'll maybe drive them into the playoffs. Get in.
1: Yeah, Colin Murray's been practicing in full um, but right now you still have quite Ronde Moore, he's still a growing issue. Greg Dosh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so his thumbs, Marquise Brown is still messing with his foot or whatever like that. Don't know what's gonna actually happen, but I'm actually kind of glad for fantasy purposes that Kyle Murray is back. Maybe he actually might do something this time. But um I'm gonna go take Arizona this one and then take
2: Arizona in the under.
0: All right, Malik, yeah.
2: Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Chargers here. I'm gonna take the Chargers and I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the charges and the under as well. I'm gonna lock these in. This is gonna be my fourth lock. The Chargers should have won that game last week against KC. They were they were they they were close all game. Um, and KC pulled it pulled away at the end and and you know they were able to they were able to you know, to to close it out late. But the Chargers were playing with them. The Chargers were out there with them and they they had. You know, m- plenty of opportunities to win that game. They only lost by three points against Kansas City, um, you know, in Kansas City, on uh, uh, for that matter. I'm sorry, no, at home, sorry, against Kansas City. So, you know, there's no reason to believe. The Chargers are a good team. Arizona played horrible in Mexico City against San Francisco, there's no reason for me to believe that unless, and even even if Kyler Murray is able to go, you know the number of injuries, the number of banged up guys on that team, um, right now on that on that on the offensive side of the ball, I just don't see them being able to score with the Chargers. And the Chargers are healthier. Keenan Allen's back. Mike Williams is Mike Williams is back, even though he got a little dinged up, um, uh, during the course of the the course of the game. He came back and played. Austin Eckler, as you mentioned, Ace is is playing and they got a guy in um Josh Palmer who has who has definitely established himself as a deep threat um for Justin Herbert um on that offense. So I think I think the Chargers are going to roll here and uh I think this number is is relatively low um given give even though that's even though given that they're on the road or whatever. Um but I don't see no reason why the Chargers can't get up over 30 points in this game. So I'm going to take Chargers and I'm going to take the under, um, the under, the, the under the play, assuming that Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray's not going to play. If he does play, I would, I would tag the over there. Uh, I think both teams can get easily over into the into the mid to high twenties against one another. But the Chargers are um, a much better offensive, much more potent, much better offensive team, and they should win this game outright. So I'm going to take the Chargers. It's my fourth lock of the week. Um, the only thing I will say, the last thing I'll say is, is, what's up with you? What's up with you? what's up with Khalil Mack? He's got he a face a like, double
0: team every week, but he is just off it. I don't know. It seems like a not, great trade that the Bears made, honestly.
2: Yeah, he's just not himself right now. It's it's it seems to just be really, you know, it's it's infecting him. Um and, and he's, he's being effective on this in, in this game. He's not being effective at all. Um, I think what does he have? How many sacks does he have this, this so far? Was it four or five? Six, I want to say five. Five or six sacks this but year. Both is-
0: both is hurt opposite him, so I think that may be affecting him.
2: Yeah, so maybe he's seeing double teams. I just don't. He's just not. He's just not having the impact that you would expect. You know, from from him, um, over the course of the season. So, uh, love, he to, seven love sacks, to see him. actually. He's got seven sacks, but they seem to be quiet. They don't seem to be like you know a a lot. He's not you know bringing a lot of uh, uh, he's not bringing a lot of disruption. Um, you know, and he's not being mentioned week to week as being you know just kind of taking over games or anything like that. Um, and he did next to nothing against Kansas City last week. So, you know, just curious to see what happens there. But I still think the Chargers, the Chargers win this win this game pretty handily and, and win it win it going away. So Chargers and uh, my fourth lock of the week. All right.
0: Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks, giving four and a, giving three and a half on the road, and I'm going to take the over. I expect them to blow out the Raiders. Um, and now that you mentioned Cleo Mackie, three of his seven sacks came against the uh, Raiders. In, in Vegas, they're the worst team in the AFC West, even though their record does not reflect Um, The Denver Broncos may actually have a worse record, but the Raiders are playing worse, and that's because of the coach, and he's not matching up with what the players want to do. They have a really good wide receiver. They have a really good running back, but he's not utilizing them to the best of his ability, Josh McDaniels. Um, I don't know what it is. I guess it's all the fact that all of Belichick's assistants, whenever they go to go become head coaches, it just doesn't work out. He can, he can no longer cheat and take other people's practices. He cannot win. He's going to get out coached together in this one by Pete Carroll. So, this is going to be my fourth lock of the week. Give me Seattle for the win at home by at least a touchdown, I would say. I would bet this all the way up to five and a half, even if that line moves. And I'm going to take the over at 47 and a half. Yeah, Ed.
1: Yeah, give me Seattle as well. Um, you got quite so many factors against this. You got Pete Carroll versus Josh McDaniels. Pete Carroll is a, be- is a better factor. You got. Better team and, and more um more more come together or team that can come together under Geno Smith. They they definitely know what they're gonna do. And um you basically have a bad combination of all these coming together. And you have caught the Raiders basically having back to back roll games. You have Seattle coming up for bye. It's it's too many factors in this. Quite Josh McDaniels doesn't know what he's really what he's doing outside of New England. So Put him put him back in me when then maybe he might actually make something of himself. But anyway, give me Seattle and give me Seattle um over in this one.
2: All right, <laughs> Malik. I love that Josh McDaniels might make something of himself. Like he's a head coach in the NFL. I think he's I think he's pretty successful in life so far. <laughs> yeah, but this is the second
1: time he's a, he's a head coach. He's gonna get re- he's gonna get demoted
2: back again. Uh no, that's just it's just funny that you said it that way. Um yeah, I think we're we're locked we're rolling with Seattle too. I'm not locking them in, but I think Seattle wins this game pretty handily. Um look, give give credit give credit, for, give credit to the Vegas, to the Raiders for winning that game against uh against Denver. I don't think I think I I know I picked Denver to beat them last week um on you know while they were on the road. Um Devontae Adams played. He was questionable going into the game last week. He played. He started and he played extremely well. Um, and so as long as the 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 Derek Carr Devontae Adams connection is still a solid one, expect the Raiders to be able to score some points. Um, but Seattle's back at home. The twelves are in the twelves are in town, they're off of that buy situation against against Tampa Bay. I expect them to get back onto the winning, the winning road. And so as a result of the fact that this line is only three and a half points. I expect Seattle to be able to cover this pretty handily. So I'm going to take Seattle in the over. Um, I'm not gonna lock this in. It's my fifth lock of the week. It's another game I wanna, I wanna I want to, I want to uh, tap into there. But yeah, this is uh, this I feel pretty confident about this one, Seattle in the over.
0: All right. Next up we have the LA Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams are having the worst Super Bowl hangover of any team I feel in history. They're getting 15 and a half points on the road. The last time I saw a team cover this was the 2007 Patriots. And as good as Kansas City is, I don't think they're going to try that hard against a bad Rams team, which is why I think the Rams are going to sneak up on them. Give me the Rams. Getting 15 and a half, it's just hard to go the other way. Kelsey is amazing. The wide receivers are kind of down. They're not really throwing the ball out to them. Kedaris, Tony didn't have an impact in that last game, they won against the Chargers on the road. The over-under is 43 and a half. I expect this to go over. I don't know if Aaron Donald is just facing so many double teams and he just doesn't want to – he can't really do it all on his own, but the defensive line is just not as good this year as they were last year. I think a huge factor, in that's the fact that they no longer have to account for the outside pressure when they had um, – I forgot. I keep forgetting that linebacker's name, and I can't believe it. Super Bowl MVP at uh, Super Bowl 50. But, um, yeah, I don't expect the Rams to just get blown out on this one. They can keep it within two touchdowns. As bad as they've been all year, I don't expect them to keep getting crushed and emotionally, you know, an NFL team can win any given week, and I don't expect the Chiefs to be able to just keep banging through teams as 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 like beat everybody by twenty plus points. They got by last week and they may get by again this week, but I don't expect it to be an easy one for them.
1: Yeah, Um, I just want to ask this question before I go ahead. Have any of you ever who ever heard of a player named Bryce Perkins?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a, a he's a man, yeah. mm-hmm. he's a quarterback. He's the third string guy uh, on the Rams.
1: Yeah, see, you might know him, but you know, normal people doesn't know who he is. But, but guess what? He's starting this week. So on that note, you know, give me Casey and give me the over
2: in that one. Just on that alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, Matt Stafford's has already been ruled out. Um, he had, was, came out of the concussion protocol. He was clear from concussion protocol last week. And so he was able to come out there was able to start and play. Um, And he was playing really well in that game against the saints before he got injured again and, and was able had to come off to come out of that game. Um, John Walford then came in. He did not play well. um, And the Rams were not able to, to, to muster up any points against the saints. Um, Stafford's been clear. He's been already mentioned being out again. Uh, Walford doesn't look like he's going to play. Perkins is stepping in as a, as I believe he's a rookie, um, so I don't think this is gonna go. He might be a second year, third year player, but I don't think this is gonna go over well with with the Rams here. Um, the Rams just released. Uh, Anthony mentioned earlier they released. Um, uh, Daryl Henderson. They're running. There, I think he was their leading rusher, uh, going into this game, and they still don't have Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson has not played to to the to his highest his highest level. Ben Jefferson is being counted on to be more than a deep threat that he the deep threat that he was. And then you got guys like Ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby. Like this team is 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 pretty much a shell of what, what they were last year. It's one of the worst offenses in the NFL and probably the worst offensive line in the NFL uh as well. So um this, to me, to me, there's just no reason to believe that Kansas City should beat this team pretty badly, even if they're not, to your point, even if they're not trying trying that hard. They should beat them pretty badly to the point where, you know, they may be able to take off, you know, the last half of the fourth quarter and just have the have have the starters take take a take a rest here. Um, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if this game is this game is just looking like 31 or 34 to 10 um by by like the end of the third quarter and and, and the rest of the team takes uh take some time away. That said, I think you're right, Ace. I think this is this this is ripe for a backdoor cover where the Rams just get 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 enough points to cover the 15 and a half. I'm gonna pick KC, but I'm not locking it in because the number is so high. But I think that this is um, this is definitely the type of game where KC can get up by like two or three or you know, two or three or more scores, and then you know the Rams just you know get a late game touchdown or something like that at the end and and, and cover that cover that number in the back end. So I don't want any parts of this game, but I'm gonna take KC in the over.
0: This is a college football type spread, man. Like it's kind of wild, 15 and a half points in a pro game. Go ahead, Adam.
1: So, just to let y'all know, because Malik, you think he was a rookie? No, this is actually his third year, but he only played two games, and his stats is basically he completed six out of 11 and 54, 54%, 61 yards, and, you know, do you actually expect him to actually do something this game? No. Yeah.
2: He's basically – I mean, he's basically so a rookie.
1: He he's basically a rookie. He's, yeah, he's basically so – he's basically, in, in, in general, rookie, yeah. Yeah, in, eight,
2: in experience, he's, he's, he's a rookie.
1: Eight-yard rushing, going you know, 40, 43 yards for – Leonard Floyd is healthy.
0: Aaron Donald is healthy. They're going to need a big game out of Leonard Floyd. Um, Kansas City's offensive line is really good. Everybody in the Rams' offensive line is hurt, and that's their main issue. And basically, they haven't had a consistent unit all year, so I don't expect them to do much. But Cam Akers did have a good game last week against uh, against the Saints, so I don't expect them to you know start sucking now. He's finally coming into his own, and I guess he got right with the coach and figured out what he wants to do and try to help his team.
1: They're just going to trade him.
0: Maybe they'll trade them in the offseason because I know a lot of teams will take them because they believe in those first-round picks and trying to re- – these reclamation projects. Uh, the Bears have taken on like five of them. It's just worked out kind of so far for them. Maybe we'll see Alex Leatherwood play if he can step up or if they need him, but they added some depth there. New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers. The Saints are getting nine and a half points. The Niners are good, but I don't believe they're that good. Um, the What gives me pause about this game is the Saints quarterback is just all up in the air. Um, you know I'd say I feel bad for Jameis Winston but he's upset because he lost his job because he got hurt he wasn't playing very consistently consistently before then anyway but San Francisco is just clicking on all levels although I really do not believe in Jimmy G I'm tired of you know keep saying this but wins are not a quarterback stat that defense is amazing the one's got to win over the Rams so does San Francisco nine and a half points is a lot on the road but a home favorite is a home favorite they covered that spread against Arizona on the road in the Mile High, but being as they don't have a bye, being as they don't have a bye week this week, I don't expect that to happen again. They're not really using Christian McCaffrey very well, and they do have to worry about Alvin Kamara. The weapons on the Saints are actually pretty good. Jarvis Landry is finally healthy, and Chris Olave is a speedster. That kid showed it in college, and he's really coming through now in the pros. I'm going to take San Francisco. I'm going to take San Francisco. I'm going to, not, I'm sorry. I'm taking the Saints, not San Francisco. I think nine and a half points is too much for them to cover. I'm going to take the Saints and I'm going to take the over on this one. I don't expect a good defensive performance and I expect a letdown from San Francisco 49ers. Give me the Saints and expect them to get another win and challenge for the NFC South title. Go ahead, Aaron.
1: Well, who thought that in this day and age of um, year, year of 2022 that we have Jimmy G versus Andy Dalton? <laughs> but anyway, Nobody. um, <laughs> on that and that note on um, then also from Monday night's game, I quite QAs so I don't think that's gonna happen again, whatever, but I'm still gonna give it more to Jimmy G, who for some strange reason you plug him in San Francisco in that offense and he runs it really good. So at least I should say, as far as good is concerned, to get that team to the playoffs and run through it as long as they can, as good as they can, until they fight fight against a really good team. a lead team, I should say. But anyway. San Francisco at right home, so I'm just going to take that. I'm going to give me San Francisco and give me the over in this one. This is actually going to be my fourth lot.
0: All
2: right. Malik. Yeah, San Francisco was very impressive in that game against uh, Arizona last week. Um, You saw a lot of guys uh, in that game. Um, <clears throat> because of the elevation uh, in Mexico city, you saw a lot of guys dealing with cramping or just, you know, inability to, 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 to you know, to handle um, the, the, you know, the air pressure or whatever that they were dealing with in that situation. Um, so I, I think it would be really interesting if, if <clears throat> if the NFL decides that they want to put a, put a team over there. Um, this is like the second or third game that they played in Mexico city. So you probably assume that they, at some point in time, we'll want to see if they can they can get a franchise over there, um, but it would be interesting to see if they actually they actually are able to do it, just because of how how difficult it appeared to be on the players themselves. Um, so, that said, I think San Francisco was very impressive being able to um, withstand withstand that and beat the the Cardinals in the way that they did. Um, I'd be interested to see if this if if this game gets to I think this game gets gets you know gets easily above the number. um, the forty three. I think San Francisco's got plenty of weapons. They scored thirty eight points against uh, against Arizona last week. They got plenty of weapons. They can get this number, you know, pretty high if they if they needed to. So I'm gonna I think that over is the best play here. I'm gonna take San Francisco to cover to cover the nine and a half. I don't feel really great about it. I think that New Orleans can score um can score with just about anybody. Um, with just about anybody in the league, but San Francisco's got a really good defense. I'm going to take San Francisco to cover the number and San Francisco to win the game outright, but I don't feel good about it. So I'm not going to lock it in. Um, but yeah, San Francisco should be pretty good. They should be able to cover, to cover this number against, against the saints. Anthony, I have a quick question for you before we get to this, before we get this game off, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna gonna be a, a free agent at the end of the season. Um we already know that this is not gonna, he's not gonna get signed on, you know, with with uh with San Francisco. They're gonna, you know, do what they can to turn the ball, turn everything over to Trey Lance. Would you be against him if if everything goes sour with uh with with Zach Wilson, would you be against Jimmy G coming to the Jets? I mean, you know, he has a history with with Robert Sala, you know, uh, in that situation over there. Would you be against that? Because he seems like the type of quarterback that can come in and stabilize a unit and and play um, when he's got a good defense and when he got a good defense on the other side of the field. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I mean, I've actually been pondering this all day because I've been watching a lot of live um, Jets um, what's the of, on YouTube, whatever Jets YouTubers, and they've been discussing the same exact thing. Um, I'm actually quite – we'll be okay with that. The only reason is because you still don't know what Zach Wilson is. I know I said earlier, you know, this might be a good benching for him to get better, whatever, like that. But having Jimmy G come in there – you know, play a couple of maybe a year or two, whatever, in in New York might actually might be a good thing for Zach if they actually decide to keep him. Or, of course, also can be a good thing for the Jets because the Jets have a win now type of team. So, I actually wouldn't mind it.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking that too because you also you also know that with the Jets being at a having the record that they have, they're probably not going to be in line for one of those top quarterbacks in the draft in the first round in the first round either. Um, so yeah, you know, making a decision, you know, I think that's why I think these these next six, seven weeks are going to be really important to the career of Zach Wilson to see what what up playing out because Jimmy G, you, at the very least, he may not be spectacular, but at the very least, you see that he's a competent, capable quarterback that can um he is not going to hurt his team's chances if the team around him is very good. So we'll see,
1: but I want to see i won't, I won't be surprised if it actually does happen too. The only reason is because, you look at this team, there's a win now. Type, this seems like a win down type of team that can actually get better as far as the the, the Jackson concerned. And you got to remember the owners. I say owners because it's both with both Johnson Brothers or whatever. they both basically the same. One is just more outgoing than the other. But they want to win now. They want the splash. Having Jimmy G coming in, that makes back pages, or whatever. But as far as what the team is concerned, he knows the offense. He knows how to run it. Wait, what did you just say?
0: What? About Jimmy G? I just want to make sure I heard what you said. Jimmy G in the back, what? The oh, back reading about him was... on the back pages. Yeah, Got it.
2: sweet. Got
1: it.
0: I just wanted to hear hey. what you said. I just wanted to make sure I heard what you said, man. I wanted to clarify for the listeners Look, out there. I,
2: how old is how old is Jimmy G right now? What is he? I think he's 30. 30 years old. I yeah, mean he's, he was still did making a see fun. that video of him
0: walking in versus Colt McCoy walking in looking like a toy. Yeah, did y'all yeah, see
2: that? yeah. Yeah, I did. Um I mean, look, not for nothing, Broadway Joe to Broadway Jimmy. I mean, he definitely would have that, that you know, that he has the look of a a guy who would come to to New York and, you know, pretty much, you know, run that whole back page situation, especially if Daniel Jones is still the quarterback on on the Giants. He's, you know, unspectacular, not in his play, unspectacular in his appearance. You know, James Garoppolo is 31 years old. Okay. All right. 31. But yeah, <laughs> still, still, I mean, still. you know, in quarterback, in quarterback years, he's still got a lot of, got a lot oh, of. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You can play till 48, 48 yeah. now, according to Tom Brady. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, we got Green Bay Packers, so the Philadelphia Eagles. The Packers are going down. The Eagles are going up. They are now the only nine-win team in the league after 10 weeks. Eagles are at home. They got a six-and-a-half point spread. This is going to be my last lock of the week. I have no faith in the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is playing with a broken thumb. It makes it explains a lot as to why he can't uh, maybe just gun it the way he likes, but it shows how tough he is playing through that. I do have a lot of respect for him, and um, I appreciate him playing through this because it's kind of fun me seeing all these Packers fans lose their mind having a bad season with someone that they're paying $50 million a year, to. He says it's because of the wide receivers, but maybe Devontae Adams is just tired of playing with them. So... Maybe I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I don't know. A lot of players deal with injuries. I hope his thumb heals. I want to see him be healthy for the end of the season because I want to see the Bears beat him in Green Bay because uh, I'm petty like that. So let's go. Uh, uh, you want, you want to Eagles. do the
1: championship buildings? Oh, no. You want because to do We own you?
0: <laughs> when we – well, that's what we're going to be doing to the Jets. Ha-ha!
1: <laughs> oh, you're going to bring Trash down, talk
0: huh? has already started, folks. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Green <laughs> uh, Bay at Philadelphia. I'm taking the Eagles. Go Birds! Minus six and a half. Take the over on 46 and a half.
1: Go ahead, Yeah, the Packers is basically just holding on to a name right now, and Aaron Rodgers, he's injured. I don't think he can elevate that team like he could have been before. It feels funny. It's real funny. I think this all this downfall of the um, the Packers started when they decided to try to sneak up in the draft and draft a, a quite Aaron Rodgers replacement. Instead of drafting a damn wide receiver what they needed and replenishing their stock. Or draft an offensive lineman to help out or whatever. I don't know, whatever they needed at the time for for the offense. But anyway, they keep on doubling down on this. They lost the best wide receiver they had in, in quite a long time. And they didn't do nothing to replace him or they even try to keep them and try to find a way to keep them. instead. So they kept a, a quarterback that they have around a little bit too long. Anyway, he's going downhill, fly Eagles, fly, give me Philadelphia. And I'm taking it over in this one.
2: Emily. Yeah. Philadelphia was a, was the fifth lock that I was thinking about here. Um, six and a half points just seems like a really, really low number for a team that, um, you know, Philadelphia, although Philadelphia has found ways to not cover the last, now what three weeks in a row um they didn't cover against houston they didn't cover obviously they lost the game against washington and then they didn't cover last week against indianapolis but i think i think those situations were more uh a microcosm of what was going on with philadelphia and them you know just kind of going through just kind of trying to press a little bit to try to make sure that they win they they win games and stay undefeated um this this one should be a should be a much easier uh time for them. Much more much they should be much more loose at this point. Um, after you know, you know, escaping Indianapolis with a victory uh last Sunday. If they had lost that game, then I think I would be picking Green Bay to cover the number against them. But the fact that they were able to win, get back on get back on the, the plus side of things, uh, and then watching what happened with the Giants and now seeing, seeing what's going to happen again with the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, if the Giants were to win that game and, and the Cowboys would have dropped down, like the Philadelphia were able to take, take full control of this division. Um, and, you know, they, they need to win this game. You know, they need to win this game to, to maintain, because whoever's going to win that game out of between Dallas and New York is going to be eight and three. So they need to win this game to maintain that two game lead in the division. So I think they're going to be hard pressed to go out there, uh, you know, you know, take care of business against Green Bay, um, prevent Green Bay from being able to keep the game close, put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, um, and which is which sounds weird. I mean, but he's injured. So that's that's where you that's that's where the problem comes. Philadelphia should win this game pretty handily. Um Green Bay also has been pretty bad against the run and philadelphia is a phenomenal running team so um expect philadelphia and that offensive line to control things expect them to win pretty easily i would i would actually pick this game if if, it's even if this game got to around eight this number got to around eight i would still pick philadelphia and lock this in so philadelphia is my fifth lock of the week philadelphia and the under i'm sorry yeah philadelphia and the under
0: and last and definitely not least we have the pittsburgh steelers at the indianapolis colts which I believe is a referendum on coaching in the NFL because Jeff Saturday is still the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Mike Tomlin has not said anything about it. I don't know. I don't think he will. And I don't think he should. Um, I'm going to say this. I would have taken that opportunity. And I don't blame him for taking it. I do think it's a little weird. They went outside the organization, but we spoke about that for about a good half an hour when it happened. I'm taking Pittsburgh as well as they played against Cincinnati with um their kind of dearth of talent on offense, the way they were able to keep it close for as long as they did at home. I think they should be able to go into Indianapolis and play just as tough a game, and they do not quit, and they do not quit on this coach. He's a great motivator. These guys love him, and he's the better coach. And they actually have better defensive talent because T.J. Watt is playing, and I believe they should be getting back their star safety, Miko Fitzpatrick, and uh, Cam Hayward is also going to be playing on the defensive line for Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a tough day for Jamal, Um, for Jonathan Taylor, and I believe Najee Harris had a pretty good game last week, and I expect him to keep going with that this week. Give me Pittsburgh. I'm going to take those two and a half points, and I'm going to go on the road of Pittsburgh, going to win and cover, and I'm going to take the under on that. It's going to be a very, very close game. Um, Indianapolis does not have a chance at trying to outscore anybody, not even Pittsburgh. They did get over on Kansas City earlier, but Matt Ryan is a statue, and I expect a couple of sacks and a couple of picks out of him. Give me the Steelers. Let's go. And
1: yeah. okay, so if you would have forgot to bring it up, I would have definitely bring this up. Um, but anyway, I was gonna say this before I quite go on my little rant here. Um, this is gonna be my last lock of the week. Um, let me see, we have Carl Dunbar here, 16 years of experience, defensive line coach, Grady Brown, one year experience, secondary coach, Jeff Olarski, inside linebacker coach, 12 years experience, Denzel Martin, six years. Of experience as assistant outside linebackers coach. Brian Floyd, 14 years senior defensive assistant, linebackers coach, former head coach. We have Terrell Austin. I might be butchering the names. I do apologize. 18 years in coaching. We have the man, Mike Tommen, 14 seasons as a head coach. This is a statement game. They're going to beat the sh- out of them. I'm taking Pittsburgh in this one. I'm taking Pittsburgh in the over just just cause they might not actually happen. I'm just taking Pittsburgh in the over just cause this should be a beatdown because there's no fucking way Jeff Saturday should be a, a coach, an intern coach. I don't give a shit. You, know, you want to go around that? You go around that um that hiring process of the Rooney Rule and uh, all these other things. This is gonna be a statement game for all the coaches around here, and this is the the teams that actually doing. Personally, to, point. That,
0: to that point, I agree with you personally to that point. I kind of hope they hire Jeff Saturday because then he has to do it for a whole season. And then we can see, can he really coach? And then we'll see how much experience matters. And then when they end up having to fire him, we'll go, oh, it'll be another point or cap in the feather of people like Brian Flores who say, you don't give real opportunities to black coaches.
1: Oh, I do hope they hire him for the whole dang season. So every almost every team next year can start doing that, like the Bugs Bunny cartoons when they show the guy going down, they all beat the shit out of him with the fucking bat, and then he runs back the other way and he beat the shit out of him again. <laughs> but anyway, give me Pittsburgh and give me the over this one. That's my last lock of the week. The game, league. I can't stop laughing.
2: <laughs> I I I don't. I think Anthony Anthony, you, you're you're so very right. Um, I think that this is. I think this definitely is a statement game for the NFL for the coaching, for the coaching tree out here. This is the first one where, um, you know, he Jeff Saturday went against obviously Josh McDaniels in week one. He went against Nick Sirianni in week two, um, in week two of his uh, tenure uh, in Philadelphia, and this is the one where to me like he's facing you know the creme de la creme of coaching, um, and this should be a I'm not going to say, you know, beat the brakes off them or anything like that, but I think this should be a clinic um, from, you know, Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff being able to coach circles around not just Jeff Saturday, but Jeff Saturday's staff as well. I mean, this is this, this should be the type of game where you know Pittsburgh is starting to get healthier. They're starting to improve, um, on, on that's on both sides of the ball. You mentioned TJ Watt coming back and what he does to that defense is phenomenal. Um, how he, how he just changes the entire complexion of that defense, uh, making Fitzpatrick coming back is going to change the, change the way that they play, change the way that they play on the, on the secondary as well. So there's no reason for me to believe that, you know, like that Pittsburgh should be, you know, should lose this game. Um, um they're still playing for the opportunity to 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 give Mike Tomlin a a to, to have Mike Tomlin not have a losing record like they're still playing for that like they, they've got what seven losses right now if I'm not mistaken is they can if they can hold off and just win the win out the rest of their games um you know they can they can prevent Mike Tomlin from getting another another um getting a uh what do you call it a what you call it uh a losing, season. losing season you know so they can they can do it they can do it um Surprisingly enough, as bad as they played, kind of in the middle part of the season. So I'm going to take Pitt. Um, I want. I'll, I'll give those two and a half points. I'm going to take Pitt as well with sweeping that win. I don't have a lock, so I'm not going to lock this one in. But I, I feel pretty confident that Pitt's going to win this game, um, and 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 win it win it pretty handily going away. Love to see what Kenny Pickett's going to do um, on Monday night. Um, it's going to be an interesting Monday night football. I mean, this is a this is an interesting Monday night football matchup that I don't expect. I don't think anybody expected. To, to to you know to Manning, be what it is. The Manning cast yeah. is
0: back for this, right?
2: I believe so. Yeah, I believe they're going to be back for this one. So I'm, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm tuning in for that. Show. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'd love to see what how, how Peyton questions every every decision that Jeff Saturday makes. Oh.
1: <laughs> The thing is also, too, is that I'm not even going to – this thing is actually more than just black coaches or whatever. This is coaches, period. Because you, you can't have somebody just coming off the, the, the couch and say, oh, I want to coach. I don't give a shit even if you was a high school coach. Any one of us can be a fucking high school coach. All you got to do is just be the parent-teacher's nights enough times of the year you can end up being a coach in a high school damn game. Come on now. What's not in Georgia, bullshit?
0: though. Apparently in Georgia it's a very highly sought after position because it's football state.
1: Man, he got it because he was Jeff fucking Saturday, just like how he got this damn thing. Come on, we all know that shit.
0: We all know it. They you wanted to raise money, and it was a private school, and yes, the school it was, it was a mid-level high school coaching job.
1: Yeah, so he donated some dang on money. He might actually have his name on a damn stadium or something like that, for all we know. But anyway, God, this is for coaching period. This is not just beyond race. This is for coaching period. There's no well, way. they're still suing. They're,
0: I mean, you know, Brian Flores is the you know, defensive assistant on the other team, and they are still suing the
1: NFL for this, so I'm just saying. Shoot, if I was a, if I was even white, coaches, I would jump into this damn lawsuit because of this dumbass shit. Come on. You now.
0: saw Bill Cowher and um, your old buddy Rex Ryan lose his mind on national television talking. about Hell yeah, they this, experiencing this shit, right? shit. They, they
1: didn't even got a chance in this. Shit. Come on now.
0: They got on their high horses, so I'm just saying, like, I get it. I'm gonna take the money. Like, not, I, I'm gonna be, I'm, an adult. I'm gonna <laughs> be an adult about so this. I'm like, I get, it. get why you took the job or you took the opportunity to take the money. Like, you'll never get this thing again. So, like, let me just jump to the head of the line and go ahead and do it. If they if told me I could host seven that live tomorrow, this weekend, I would show up with no jokes. I'd be like, let's go. I'm getting <laughs> on this and I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see what I can make happen, baby. If like, I'm gonna go assist it, do it on you
1: the do. coach, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Um just, dude,
0: okay, that being said, and to... you can go into your shout out since you're already on a roll. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the only thing I was gonna do is just give a shout out to the national media, whatever they got. They, you know, they they get to they um get to eat this week, whatever. Because for some strange reason, a whole lot of them coming out the woodwork. All of a sudden, I've seen stuff from Jim Rome and all these other things. Stephen A. Smith, rest of these mother is out of here. Even the brothers uh, for brothers for another another uh, brothers and brothers, whatever those guys' name is. Uh, for some reason, my YouTube looks. I lost them, even though I was following them. But now, so they popped up when they started talking about Zach Wilson. But anyway, they got to eat this week. Shout out to them. You know, I'm not even going to do any curses, or whatever. I'm not even going to do it like I did last week. Shout out to them. I'm going to keep it, keep it, keep it real, keep it positive, whatever. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
0: All right, folks. I'm going to go next. Happy Thanksgiving. Off top, Happy Thanksgiving week. Um, Thanksgiving is the best holiday out there. I don't know why everybody's already ever trying to start play Christmas music. Y'all need to back up off that. Respect Thanksgiving. Respect it. Shout-out to the Toronto Argonauts, who I bet on to cover, and they won last week against, against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup. I like all types of football, Canadian, NFL, even world football. Shout-out to Saudi Arabia for shocking the world. Um, Messi's overrated. There, I said it. I'm tired of hearing about the sky. I'm tired of hearing about how good he is. He's the anti-Jordan. Nobody ever talked about how great Jordan was and all the championships he lost, all the titles he lost. Went to the Olympics, won two gold medals, okay? As an amateur and as a pro, 84-92. Stop comparing him to him. It's, a, it's disrespectful to Michael Jordan. Messi ain't that good. If he was, he'd win a World Cup like Mbappe did. But he's not that good, which is why he didn't win. So I'm tired of hearing about it. Moving on to the NBA. The Knicks are 9-9. Nine and nine. They are second in the Atlantic Division and look poised to take, make a break and actually break away and go to the playoffs. Brooklyn is last in the division. Now, Kevin Durant said people love to see us lose. Nobody in the league likes us. It's not that we don't like you. It's that it's the fact that they moved the Nets from New Jersey to Brooklyn and expected everybody to jump on that bandwagon. It's the fact that he keeps trying to troll Knicks fans. And the real troll is that you have more talent and that you're worse than us. So maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's everybody's the coach. So everybody's to blame. I don't know. But What I do know is we're number two and you're number five. I'm keeping track. Um, shout out to the Atlanta Hawks. You're leading your division, but you're the Hawks, so I expect you to fold like a cheap folding chair and disappoint everybody in the Atlanta, greater Atlanta, Georgia area. As usual, <laughs> come April, it's what you do best. Shout out to my UB Bulls. You had a game canceled, but you still had a chance to win your uh, division, go to the MAC Conference Championship game. Ohio won. Shout out to the Bobcats. Good luck to y'all. I hope you don't win, but it is what it is. Go to lead up. Bulls just need to win to get ball eligible. And I'm a big fan of that coach, and I think he's going to do really great things. I like the head coach, and I like what he's doing with that program. And to all the WNBA players who did not go overseas this year, I'm glad you decided to stay home with your families, and I hope y'all get more opportunities to play domestically, whether that be in Canada, Mexico, in winter leagues, or something like that, and get coaching positions in college and help out the younger players and help grow the game. It's really important to support women's sports, and I hope y'all get more money in the WNBA and get more, you know, get a bit, get more share. I stay watching that in the summertime. It's a really fun league, and I even bet on it sometimes because it's just fun to watch. So the men's World Cup, I know this is really petty of me, but it's kind of on brand for me because I am a petty king. I hope the U.S. beats the England team like they did in the War eighteen twelve. I hope they beat the brakes off of them. I hope they send them back crying to King George or whatever his name is. Um, I might even get a few chances in of uh, what Ireland did a couple of days ago, but on Saturday. Oh no! On Friday, I will be tuning in at 2 p.m. Not to see England win, but to see the U.S. beat them into submission. I don't care if you get five. I don't care if every single person on that team gets a yellow card, as long as we win. Timothy Weah, I need you to get a hat trick, bro. I need you to shut them down, okay? And I hope y'all come in with your faces painted in goddamn rainbows, because who cares what Qatar thinks? We're the Americans. We got the money. We do what we want. American Outlaws, let's fucking go!
1: <laughs>
2: well, I mean, like just following that up, that's crazy. Um, so I'll stay, I'll stay towards the World Cup with 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 UAS. Shout out to just overall, like this, I mean, this this. If you're watching these matches, man. It's it's to me, it's really exciting, regardless of the who you root for. I've I've obviously watched the US game. Um, super excited to watch that game. I watched the Argentina, Saudi Arabia game. That was t- despite you know it, it being the, the upset, not just the, the fact that it was upset, it was an incredible game to watch. Like there were so many shots on goal. The Saudi Arabian goalie was just making Making save after save, it was incredible to watch that game. Um, and then today, if anybody got a chance to watch it, Spain beat Costa Rica seven nothing. Like I've never seen, like I've literally never seen seven a seven nothing game in the World that's Cup. Since, like, Paris
0: Germany beat Argentina in the semifinals.
2: Yeah, I. I it was just, it was incredible 100%. to Maybe. watch it. It was incredible to watch. I mean, Spain. It was their. I think it's their biggest victory in World Cup history um, for Spain. Um, but just watching this match, these these matches has been has been absolutely incredible. And I hope you get a chance to watch at least some of it. It's, it's really exciting. I love I love watching World Cup soccer. Um, and so yeah, had a, had a good time watching that. And in Japan beating Germany um, earlier today, uh, again something that wasn't expected. Germany, you know typically is is pretty good in these pretty good in these world cups and uh they, they they pretty much win their win their um their group and uh the fact that they lost you know a lot of teams that are looking at the situ looking at their situations and not without very very much uh with, without much clarity in regards to what's going to happen coming out of their group so we'll see what happens these next few the next few days are going to be very interesting um Shout out to the L.A. Rams. Um, Who would have thought that after the L.A. Rams won the Super Bowl last year that the pick that they are giving to the Detroit Lions next year is actually better than the Detroit Lions pick? Uh, Right now, that Rams pick is the number five pick in the draft, and the Lions would be picked 10th if the season ended today. It's amazing. It's incredible that, um, that that's where we are. Um, but the Rams, you know the, you, you sold on what you needed to sell on, you sold on the fact that you were gonna you know win a Super Bowl and you won a Super Bowl and nobody can take that away from you. Um, but the fact that what you're going through right now is indicative as, as to why uh teams don't like to give up that many first round picks to uh to to acquire anybody, you know, let, let alone a quarterback, but you won the Super Bowl. So hey, yeah, you, know, you take you take it, right? Um, it's, it's incredible. When I saw that, when I saw the draft, uh, position, uh, earlier this week, I was shocked. Like Detroit has two first round, two, two picks in the top 10 right now. Um, which would just be be crazy. And if we continue to win, like that's just going to get Even better for us. Um,
1: Let Detroit be like the Jets and and actually get the franchise quarterback. Not the Jets way. but I'm talking about (laughs) this year. This year in the draft, how the Jets did. Please let the Detroit get their franchise quarterback with the um, Rams pick. That'd be so fucking awesome.
0: (laughs) Franchise quarterback. Shout out to Hendon Hooker. His ACL man. I feel bad for you. Six
2: year player in
0: college football.
2: Yeah. Hopefully he's able to. um, To he obviously hopefully hopefully he's able to get drafted. and you know, he's, he's likely not gonna be able to participate in any of the um any of the the, the you know skills things and, and and all that stuff. And hopefully he's done enough in in college where he can get an opportunity to get drafted, maybe make a practice squad and then you know and and rehab and get himself back. Cause I think he's got tons of talent. Um he's got tons of talent, tons of ability. So we'll see what happens there. Shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers. I watched that game last night against uh, against Brooklyn. And they won a game against the Brooklyn Nets, against a fully loaded Brooklyn Nets team with no Joel Embiid, no James Harden, no Tyrese Maxey. Like that was it was incredible. It was, it was it was it was a scrappy, well played game. It was interesting because when you watch that game, they were ahead most of the game. They were ahead at halftime. And Charles Barkley, you know, bless his soul, came once came on TV and basically <laughs> and basically said he was like, Philly's not going to win this game. I don't even know why we're talking about this. Philly's just not going to win this game. Brooklyn's going to Brooklyn's going to beat them. And even though even though Philly was up like five points going into the you know coming out of the half. Um, like Charles Barkley was adamant. He was adamant that Philadelphia was not going to win this game and they just kept scoring and they just kept beating, you know, ke- uh, keeping Brooklyn away. I don't know what Brooklyn is, but damn sure ain't good right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, You know, watching, watching them and watching golden state struggle as much as they have over the course of these first few weeks, of the seasons just made it really, it made the NBA really, really weird. The jazz are 12 and seven, you know, the, uh, it looks like, uh, Denver is the jazz are 12 and seven. And the Knicks went in there and beat them, beat them pretty handily, um, in, in Utah. Um, and then the Knicks went and lost by, uh, by, you know, a country mile against golden state in golden state. Like it's just, it's just the, the NBA is just crazy right now with the exception that you, like three teams, <laughs> um, the bucks, the Celtics, and and you know and you know one of the teams on the west coast like the clippers on the west coast like the only teams that are like you know where where you can kind of kind of know what you're phoenix. getting even though yeah phoenix sorry phoenix is the number one seed right now well you know what you're getting uh night on a night to night basis I just don't know what to say about the NBA right now and that that's great at this point I think that's great because it means that everybody's got a chance everybody's got a shot and the Knicks say your point Ace Knicks are probably going to be a playoff team probably just gonna happen for them um so shout out to everybody you know it's, it's been a really interesting it really really interesting sports um you know opportunities to to just see see the sports atmosphere right now everything's going great looks like Aaron Judge might be getting back in New York we'll see what happens there hopefully hopefully he does he does resign I think that it's basically the balls on hit the balls in his court the Yankees have offered have sent him the offer and it looks like he's gonna accept and come back home Um, so we'll be really happy if that happens next week but uh yeah other than that shout out to everybody have a happy thanksgiving shout out to levon i'm gonna get your pick so we can get you in here um hopefully you're able to join us next week have a happy happy holiday everybody and enjoy enjoy the food enjoy the family enjoy the festivities and enjoy the football of course enjoy the football and i'm out we we out bear down
0: yep see you next week on 10 pounds heavier